Music from John McLaughlin, his Segway One, and it's from a recent collection of miniatures derived from bass guitar and electric guitar with effects pedal, where each title relates to a cosmological phenomenon. You can find out more at soundcloud.com forward slash ACLA hyphen music. Welcome to Amplify, the podcast from the Contemporary Music Centre. This is episode 14, and today we feature sound artist and instrument designer Ed Devan, composer Brian Irvine on his totally made-up orchestra, and music from Izumi Kimura and Cora Venus Lunny. I'm joined by CMC director Yvonne Ferguson. How are you today, Yvonne? I'm well, Jonathan, thankfully. Yes, all well. Good. So we are obviously, like everybody else, still working remotely. We have updated, haven't we, some of our arrangements uh, in relation to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, we're two weeks working remotely now almost, Jonathan. It's hard to believe. It's a really new reality for us, isn't it? But um, we're uh, still continuing with all core services and um, trying to, I suppose, uh, encourage the sector to communicate and um, stay in touch about uh, any online activity they have lined up or any future plans. And um, we've updated some information, helpful information on our site and uh, included in that as well uh, a questionnaire. Uh, very, very essential at this time that uh, we're hearing from composers and performers and producers about how this crisis is affecting um, them, both financially and artistically. And um, you can find that survey at uh, on our website, cmc.ie forward slash COVID survey. And I really would encourage everyone who's active in the new music scene on this island to contribute. It's a very short survey, but really essential in us understanding how this is affecting people and to feed those responses back um, to the Arts Council and to the Arts Council of Northern Ireland. Um, that's really uh, what we would very much want to do um, as, as soon as possible. Yeah, we're listening and we're open and I guess we're like everybody, we're taking we're taking this uh, this situation one day, one week at a time. And thinking, I suppose, a little bit more long term as well of how uh, we can arrive at a situation where relevant supports are are set up for the new music sector. And we've taken this decision to have the podcast now weekly, which is very much in response to keeping the community connected and discussing issues that are very real uh, and very important for people at the moment. So on today's show, we have an interview with sound artist and instrument designer Ed Devan about live streaming and the use of technology in creating and sharing music as we face weeks, if not months, without public concerts due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So very early on in this crisis, before the widespread shutdown happened, Ed was asking questions about how technology might be used to facilitate musical exchange during this time. So we arranged to talk by Zoom about this and also how these changes affect his own work. Here is that conversation.
I started out as an electronic music producer in my uh, teenage years with not too much uh, musical training behind me. By nature, I've always been kind of experimental when it comes to making music, taking more of a, a sound design approach to it, I guess. By basically searching for sounds that nobody else had in their productions, that kind of led me to the physical analog of synthesis, which is instrument building. By making acoustic instruments and electroacoustic instruments uh, that make a particular sounds, that kind of has led me down several parallel and divergent paths, I suppose, in computer-aided design and digital fabrication using 3D printers and laser cutters and that kind of technology to, to build the things that I want to build. In that journey, I've kind of done a lot of uh, educational workshops also, both to pay the bills and to try out ideas in sort of large-scale collaborative projects or building audio systems that uh, the public can interact with where I have kind of decided the rule basis to which as to how the system works but how the people use it is up to them. You're based in Donegal that's where you're speaking to me from uh, what projects have you been working on recently? The most recent project basically a sculptural commission from the Science Gallery uh, Science Gallery Dublin their recent show Plastic they commissioned me to build a piece, the theme of which was derived from a, a co-design workshop with residents of Wexford, who arrived at a whale that I had to build. So I took the notion of a whale in a very abstract manner and built a quite a large scale uh, structure that had different sound elements on it. This uh, sculpture was hung in Wexford County Council's uh, offices, which they have a very large atrium space there. So the sound resonates through the building. Uh, it responds to people moving underneath it um, with infrared sensors. That's taken up a good chunk of the year so far. And then a week after that was uh, was opened, just in the start of this month, I uh, was involved in a project with Brian Irvine and uh, Wilder Van Luy in The Ark, a musical theater piece for children. Um, the theme of which is currently house, so it's kind of a loose theme. I was kind of, uh, as as the non-trained musician, uh, acting as more of a sound designer and um, sound interventionist, I guess, mm. uh, using instruments that I had built especially for the week. Where does this interest in designing your own instruments actually come from? Partly the kind of music I grew up listening to or when I was a teenager, just the band Sonic Youth particularly, just had a very open approach to using the guitar. And then delving more deeply into um, improvised music and electroacoustic music where sound sources could be divorced from their, their physical creations through editing and different processes. That would have influenced me to think about how I could build my own things that could be adjusted to my own ends. It's a very iterative process, what I'm doing. Like I, I've been learning a lot about electronics, but again, electronics is a field that I have no formal training in. So mm. often I'm sort of, uh, there's a lot of error in the trial and error. But I enjoy that. I mean, in, in and of itself, the process of discovery, of finding things that work through all the things that don't work, 
is a huge part of the practice for me. I want to create instruments that can be used either by me or, or other people to create sound directly. But in order to do that, it has to draw upon a lot of different fields like engineering, design, uh, the physics of sound, electronics, and interaction design would be a big one as well. We're recording this right smack bang in the in the current uh, COVID-19 crisis and we happened to meet outside CMC about two or three weeks ago when you were uh, in the middle of that workshop week that you mentioned with Brian Irvine for that particular project. How much is your work affected by this crisis and are you able to continue with some aspects of your work? Yeah, I'd say 90% of the work I had booked for the next two or three months has either been cancelled or indefinitely postponed. You know, my bread and butter is kind of workshops with, with groups. They just sort of vanished overnight and performance-based things as well. The most important work is my studio practice, so that hasn't been affected. I can come and go as I please. But in terms of paid work, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. Like right now, this week, I'm in discussions with various people about doing video tutorials and looking at ways that I can use a kind of an online presence to to generate work. That's really what I what I wanted to talk to you about this role of technology and and how it will help and aid composers and artists to get through the period. Do you think that, you know, that the technologies that exist, you know, to enable things like live streaming, network performances, online, you know, creative collaboration, exchanging information, as, as, as you mentioned, in terms of tutorials and, and kind of an educational context for music, is, is it really going to come into its own during this period? Performing arts generally has been wiped out from this overnight. Online technologies offer a, a pathway or a solution for some of those creatives to, to get to their audiences and for audiences to have a interesting selection of, of uh, material that's been generated in real time. I've definitely seen a, an uptake in, in people posting live videos on Facebook and Instagram and even the program we're using now, Zoom, uh, I'd never used it before this, but I think there could be interesting applications for very small scale performances using Zoom or even uh, collaborations if the music was suited to slight sync issues. Yeah, I'm exploring the use of Instagram as a way of reaching audiences and kind of getting them to send me audio that I can then use as a, as a means to performing or creating new sounds in some way. That idea is an extension of various projects I've done in the past. It's just using a different medium. Do you think that this technology maybe favors particular types of music better than others? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be it'll be a challenge for certain types of musicians. I, I mean, just as you're saying it there, I would imagine bands could have difficulties with um, large scale ensembles. The mobile streaming, you know, say like Facebook Live or Instagram Live, they are aimed towards people using mobile phone cameras and just built-in microphones, which is fine if you're in a small room and you're playing your guitar and singing or that kind of thing. Or even for me as a studio-based producer, performer, it's fine because I'm confined to kind of a limited space. I'm not really moving around. 
you know, you're talking about maybe having multiple cameras and people operating those cameras and and we're not allowed to have congregations of more than four people, so that's kind of a problem at the moment. Um, yeah. It will be interesting to see the longer this this uh, lockdown goes, people will find solutions, you know, where they where they need to, I think. Um, and maybe through all this we'll we'll have a more uh, nuanced approach to live streaming and you know just the techniques that are used. We'll see. Hopefully, the knowledge base expands. I wonder if these kind of restrictions that any technology, if that's going to have the ink an impact on the type of music that's that's created and and the type of music that that people focus on. Nobody wants to uh, think this, but let's suppose this goes on for a year. How do you, if you're a composer that's used to working in a traditional way with large groups of musicians or even groups of musicians, you know, do do you make those changes based on what's available to you? Yeah, we'll have to. I mean. We're limited by the technology, but in some ways, the limitations give you parameters to work within. Maybe we'll see that composers and producers will will necessarily work with smaller groups or individuals or parallels of individuals. I'm not sure how well that works now. I'm sure that's totally dependent on how good your connection is. Composers and artists, if they if they want to get their music out there or if they want to do stuff in, the, in a sort of a live context, they've no choice but to, to use this technology at the moment. But what happens after we come through this and, you know, concerts begin to resume again and gatherings of, of, of people, you know, is that technology then left to one side or will you find that more people will kind of embrace it and use it as part of their practice, whereas they haven't had a need to up to, up to this point in time i mean i'm speaking for myself here i can definitely see the benefits of of uh, streaming technologies for the kind of performances that i want to do often i i have a lot of gear that's kind of held together with gaffer tape and things like that is delicate once you bring it to a venue set it up it can be tricky to get working whereas where i am right now in my studio i have this is where i make things you know I can set things up exactly the way I want them and I can I could stream a video of a performance exactly the way I want it without having to make any compromises and without having to go anywhere. That's obviously not the same as I guess the tension that you have as a performer when you're performing to people that are there in the room with you. It adds an extra layer to to the attention you give to what you're doing. Mm. That maybe is going to be missing if there's a live stream. Even if you're aware that people are listening to it, they're not right there looking at you another factor could be though right the the economy is going to take a serious hit from all of this uh that's going to have an effect on people's spending power for going to pubs and clubs and venues to hear music or to do anything maybe people will have to stay in a bit more for a while after this including musicians maybe opportunities to perform will recede a little after this crisis is over I hope not, though. I, I mean, I would imagine as soon as a, a cure is found for COVID-19, there's going to be a lot of live events and festivals and just general gatherings of people celebrating. We can only dream of that right now. But hopefully there'll be a legacy of digital technologies being used. We'll see. I think what all this you know, conversation proves is that it's really too early to make any predictions. You mentioned that 
artists and musicians are resourceful that they'll sort of find ways around in terms of using what's available to them at the you know at whatever particular point in time you know it's so hard to predict because we're we're at such an early stage in this it's the same as publishing music it's been possible to upload music to soundcloud or myspace before that for a long time that doesn't necessarily mean anybody's going to listen to it as more people stream you're going to have a saturation of content the internet is rife with distractions as it is maybe getting audiences to actually listen to your live stream is going to be a lot more challenging than actually the technology the technology's there you know what i mean it's uh, it's possible for anybody to to put up a hd stream online in seconds mm. who's listening to it <laughs> Does anybody care? Yeah, in this strange situation, I guess that, you know, it's 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 slightly artificial, isn't it? In that everybody is stuck at home. They, they sort of need some kind of distraction or some sort of way of of, of connecting with, with, with something else that's going on. And I guess that's where people have initially jumped on this idea of, you know, live streaming events but that once this becomes a kind of a normal or you know normality in the in the short term then maybe it becomes harder for for people to get an audience i mean i've seen already uh promoters like kind of analog world promoters that would had uh events cancelled in the last couple of weeks uh promoting live streams and Maybe, maybe that's, you know, in the same way uh, there's parallels with self-publishing music versus having it released by a label, where the label or promoter is going to have access to a much larger base of potential audience. So maybe this kind of dynamics like that that need to be developed. I'm more interested in the, the collaborative aspects, I guess, rather than just the, the straight up one way performance i like the idea of including the audience in the performance in some way or getting them to uh, contribute material you mentioned you're more interested in 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 the kind of collaborative aspects of this maybe tell me a little bit more about what your plans are how you see yourself using this in terms of working with people or work or involving the audience in terms of creating new work yourself um well Yesterday, I posted up a video showing how to how to make a tone from blowing into blowing across the the opening of a bottle. The Helmholtz resonance effect. The idea is that people could try that at home as a kind of a new way of interacting with their with the objects in their environment. I'm sure a lot of people would be familiar with how to do that already, but maybe some people aren't. Anytime I go into somebody's house and I see an ornament that might make a, a resonant sound or blow into it, which I'm sure wouldn't be appropriate now, maybe going into somebody's house to do. But I mean, the idea was to maybe just get people to think about sounds generally, diversion, you know what I mean? Just uh, a little bit of entertainment. And then maybe what I could get in return is some content to to work with. I like that idea of having a palette of sounds that are created by somebody else using my instruction. Yeah. It's an indirect way of getting the results I want, but I'm also taking in all of the mistakes and character of the recordings that have been made. How do people do that? How do people, uh, where do people go? Uh, they go to my Instagram channel. So Instagram 
facebook.com forward slash ed underscore Devan, D-E-V-A-N-E. I've tagged it the Helmholtz challenge. So Helmholtz after Hermann von Helmholtz, who studied the effects of air resonance in, in vessels. Basically, if you wanted to partake in it, you would firstly find an object that makes a resonant sound and go across it, record yourself doing that. Um, I was thinking video, but it could be audio. And either send it to me directly or uh, use the hashtag Helmholtz challenge. And then I'll be able to access it. And then what I do with that after that, I'm not sure. I'll just see what, what I get. Uh, another idea I had was to look at, to record people clapping their hands in the spaces that they're in. That might not work because a lot of people are at home, so their their rooms are going to be quite small. But uh, the idea is to hear the reverberance of, of the space that you're in. These are both ideas that you have had partially in response to our collective situation. We're stuck at home and maybe staring at the four walls or maybe experiencing various degrees of cabin fever or, or anxiety or whatever. I have two young children. They're, they're kind of too young almost for the ideas I have for entertaining other people's children. But um, I, I understand the, uh, the struggle of trying to keep them entertained when going outside or playing with your mates is not really an option. So my practice as a, as a workshop facilitator is very much about uh, getting, getting young people and adults to, to appreciate the, the sound world around them um, and to, to explore materials for its sonic potential. Uh, so generally when I'm doing that, I have prepared kits and things like that that have uh, specific uh, specific functionalities, I guess. And I don't have that when I'm accessing people in their own houses. I have to try and think of things that they will, that will be very common to, uh, to most households. It's, that's a challenge, but uh, I, I, I like those kind of challenges. Great. Well, we'll check back in in a few months or whenever and see what comes out of it. Ed Van, thanks so much for your time today. I know we've we've organised this at, at very short notice, so I appreciate uh, you you making the time and balancing it while caring for your three-year-old. Is there anything else that you want to say? Just hope everyone's coping with this okay. And I see a lot of people in my own networks are making loads of music, and I hope that some of the people listen to this have suddenly got some time to actually catch up on projects that they have been meaning to do, but have been too busy to do. Uh, trying to look at the, the positives of, of this situation, I'm sure there are many. Uh, it's easy to get stuck on the, the negatives, but there's a lot of creativity happening generally from in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that's, that's, really, that's really nice to see. Ed Devan, and you can find out more about Ed at his website, eddevan.com. Next, music by Izumi Kimura and Cora Venus Lunny. And this track, Snowstorm, Storm Emma Above and Below, is an improvisation to a field recording by Anthony Kelly. An album of these will be released by Farpoint Recordings in future months. And Farpoint Recordings, a record label that brings innovative new music to curious listeners. This recording is taken from Izumi's SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com forward slash Izumi Kimura.
Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Snowstorm, Storm Emma, Above and Below by Izumi Kimura and Cora Venus Lunny. Finally, with all the focus on self-isolation and social distancing, we thought we'd feature something that reminds us about the social and community aspects of music making that we're all missing right now. And Yvonne, you couldn't find a more fitting example of this than Brian Irvine's totally made-up orchestra at this year's New Music Dublin Festival. It's really the big highlight of the festival for a lot of people, Jonathan, and it's become one of these well-known things that people sign up for each year. And it's quintessentially Brian Irvine, isn't it? Participatory, positive and fun and uh, all ages coming together to make music and really the Brian Irvine ethos that we all have a creative spirit inside us and he just helps to bring that confidence and creative spirit out of everybody that comes along to the Totally Made Up Orchestra. So here is Brian Irvine talking about the Totally Made Up Orchestra. I'm Brian Irvine, I'm a composer and I lead the Totally Made Up Orchestra, which is an orchestra started three years ago at New Music Dublin by John Harris and myself. And the criteria for joining is any age, any ability, any instrument. And what happens is we get together for about two and a half hours and we just create a lot of music from scratch and then we do a performance at the end of it. We always make everything as we go and we use a lot of improvisation techniques but also just ways of communicating with each other. And um, it's this idea that absolutely anything can work in any given situation if you can mould it to some higher or some, some way. So, um, so I'm constantly surprised by what's, what's, what comes out. That is actually the, the, the key to it in many ways is you let everything evolve and then you grab stuff as it comes by and you say we're going to pile on this or we're going to do something with this and it's all about just listening and how people, way people are doing things and just finding some way of connecting to that thing you know and then it just goes somewhere. I come in with a set of instructions in terms of how to approach a thing, like play a high note, play a low note. And those are kind of like portals into something, you know? So you do that, and then by the act of doing it, things emerge out of that, and you go, oh, that's interesting, and let's move towards that, and then and that's how. So I've got like different instructions about ways of approaching your plan, and then when you do it, You've, it's like rummaging through the old junk in the attic space or something. You know, like most of it you're not going to use, but in amongst it, there's like a wee photograph or something, and then that becomes the thing, you know. And that happens live, actually. So I have no idea how we're going to do this when we do it live, but I know that when we do it, we'll unveil some things in amongst it, and then just by the unveiling, we'll be able to kind of make something with it, you know. It's a bit like gold mining or something, where you, you 
you you go through the process of gathering up a whole pile of stuff and then you know when you shake the I don't know what that's called, the pan I think it is. When you shake the pan, a lot of it falls by the wayside and then it reveals something. And this band can be a bit like that, you know, you're shaking the pan a lot and then every now and then these kind of moments arrive, you know, and you go, Oh, that's beautiful, you know, and then you just move on. As you can see, like we have kids of all ages and you know older people, and you know, and I think that's that's why I love it so much because it's this whole idea that you know if you can make a sound, you can make something beautiful. You know, no matter if you've been playing for two hours or two decades, um, and and actually everybody knows that, and in the band everybody knows that. You know, so some of the things that the kids are doing can be the most stunningly beautiful, fragile things. And then just when you shine a light on it, everybody knows that's beautiful, you know. Well, next year I might I'll bring my kids and my trombone. <laughs> You're on. I'll, I'll hold you to that, John. <laughs> you got to see it. Thanks so Brian Irvine. That's all for this episode. We hope to be back next week with another one. Please keep in touch. We're at amplify at cmc.ie or on social media. You'll find us at CMC Ireland. Bye for now and see you next week.